0: All came from their humble abodes To get a jolt from my electrodes They did the, mash. They did the, monster, mash. the monster mash It was a graveyard smash It caught on in a flash they did, the mash. they did the monster mash The zombies were heavy Hey, 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 get you into the spirit Happy Halloween, everybody do the monster mash I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Happy Tuesday. You know, it always, I, I at least when I was younger, I always was upset when Halloween wasn't on the weekend or at least on a Friday night. You know, during the middle of the week, you're like, ah, because mom was going to make you be home early because you had to go to school tomorrow and all that stuff. But uh, happy Halloween anyway. I hope this finds you well. It's finally turning into fall here. I heard a rumor that it may only be in the 80s today, which in Arizona, that's when we start bragging about how awesome it is to live here. Our toll-free number, 800 The best website, without a doubt, in the industry at allamericangold.com. We keep you all comfortably disturbed. Great. You know what, today, you know, not that it you know, it can't be great every day. You do the best you can with, with what's out there. But, Ramon, just really a good good website today, a lot of great information out there. And as I get ready, we are going to divide and conquer at my house. So my older son, yeah, who knows? I, I mean, if he graces us with his presence, you know, he's a senior in high school, He's 18. He doesn't trick-or-treat. I have no idea uh, what he's doing, probably nothing. Uh, My younger son is going to a Halloween party with his uh, lady friend, and my wife is going as well. And she was telling me they're going to be Little Red Riding Hood and the Big Bad Wolf. And then I was talking, I was telling this to Ramon, and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought the Big Bad Wolf was with the Three Little Pigs. But uh, Arlene and Ramon both said to me, no, there's two Big Bad Wolves. One for Little Red Riding Hood, and one for the Three Little Pigs. I cannot confirm if they're related, maybe they were brothers, I don't know. Could be a conspiracy, they are the same wolf. Could be the same wolf, right? I, You know, so... Uh, which has nothing to do with the uh, the three bears, by the way. Uh, but but nonetheless, yeah, that's what he's doing. So I get to stay home and hand out the candy to the trick-or-treaters. And as my wife and I have gotten older, we've gotten very, very bad at wanting to devour the Halloween candy for ourselves before the trick or treaters show up. It used to be my wife would you know, she would have bought this candy like a week ago. And then the problem was we'd be all out of it and she'd have to go buy more. So today she hasn't even bought it yet. That is our new our new, new, new strategy is don't buy the Halloween candy till right before the trick or treaters show up so that way we don't eat it all. But yes, me and the wiener dog are going to be handing out uh, the trick or treat stuff. I don't even know what it is. That's the great thing. My wife will surprise me, and I always now I'm becoming a trick or treat snob, right? I don't want to be known as the house where they give out the, you know, the 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 bad candy, right? It, 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 you know, we're definitely not doing like pencils and erasers and stuff like that. But I want to, you know, maybe a fun sized candy bar. Hopefully, she got me something good versus. I don't know, like the bubble gum and the starburst and all that. I'm going to leave that for the other folks. So, uh, anyway, honey, if you're listening, that is my request for the Halloween candy. Uh, speaking of, well, trick or treat. The federal government racked up quite a bill as the last day of October is coming off the calendar. The federal government is going to run a one-month budget, budget deficit of over $200 billion. Now, some of that, remember when we had the debt, student, I told it was going to take a while. Yeah, it's getting bigger. The funny thing is, is October, outside of, okay, so when you look at, at government revenues, there's, the biggest month is April, right, because that's the, you know, the taxes are due and you know, everyone lines up at the post office because, let's face it, you don't want to give the money to the government until you absolutely have to. And then for those that file extensions, those come due in October. So October is the second-best revenue month for the federal government, uh, and the, the deficit number far exceeds what anybody was expecting, and and oh my, by about double. And so it kind of, you know, again, nobody wants to talk about it. You're not going to hear about it. I I was watching Fox and Friends this morning. Nobody was talking about it whatsoever. Uh, We'll break down where the money went. Is Sears going to make it to Christmas? Somebody says they may already be out of money, uh, and that's thousands of stores. And we'll also recap where we're at as far as retail goes. As a whole in the United States, I'll just tell you that 2017 is already the worst year in retail history. You know, think about that. You know, the stock market's at all-time highs, and they're pretending that there's no debts involved in that either. Uh, But don't worry. Everything's going to be wonderful. And then real disposable income. And really, when you talk about income, does any other kind of income matter other than real disposable income? In other words, hey, this isn't some fluff piece. This is actually how much money you have to spend. Uh, A big report came out yesterday. We're going to break it all down for you. It's got another great show lined up for you. Everybody, have a, a wonderful, wonderful Halloween, right? Make sure watch out for those kitties. Drive a little slower in the neighborhood tonight. Pedro Radio News Hour. We'll be right back. 800 951 Buying, selling, or trading? Uh, we do it all. Uh, yesterday, and I'll, and I'll just kind of keep reminding you here uh, as the holiday seasons are approaching, if you're if you know you're going to be selling, make sure you give yourself plenty of time. Uh, especially, you know, a lot of people are out there, hey, I'm closing on a house or I'm closing on this or I've got to pay my taxes. <laughs> uh, I filed the extension and they're due. You, you need to give yourself plenty of time uh, to do it. And, and yesterday, we actually had a customer selling back some product and, and she had said, she said to me, she goes, oh, I just feel bad because I really don't want to sell it, but I don't want you to be mad at me. We're not going to be mad at you. We get it. That's what you have it for. I mean, let's face it. At the end of the day, you put it away. You hope you don't have to use it, but if you need to, uh, we're here for you. So if you need to sell, call us. You know what you need to buy? Call us. you want to trade your gold to silver, trade your silver to gold, give us a call. uh, 800 951 Now, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on, right? We had a bunch of survey reports out today, and oh, they were wonderful, right? They they call up their stock buddies, hey, how do you feel about the economy? Well, we feel pretty good because we're going to get a bunch of money, right? You know, the highest levels since the dot com crash, right? All of these signs that tell you, yeah, it's time to get ready because you know it just doesn't add up right when when you have all-time high pricing and all-time high PE ratios and then when you talk to the stock guys they're like oh yeah it's wonderful that's probably usually the time you need to start heading the other way yesterday they had uh personal uh, income and spending and all of those things come out and the, this was the report for the hurricane. So this was a September number. Uh, consumer spending rose very strongly as all these people in Houston had to buy a car. Uh, and then the savings rate got clobbered. Matter of fact, they're saying at the end of September, the savings rate is the lowest since 2007. We kind of know what that really means. And this is kind of what I've been saying. People are near the end of their rope. Uh, In the data on personal income and outlays for September, by the way, uh, Wolf Richter, and if if you don't know Wolf Richter, if you don't follow his stuff, we do a lot of his stuff. Uh, I probably do at least an article a week of his on the air. Uh, He does a lot of great research. He's on our website all the time. Uh, He's the one. I want to give credit where credit is due. was a hefty shot of reality for Americans. And here's the funny part. Today, they're all happy because the billionaires are happy. Yesterday, not so much because most of America isn't doing so well. It says that the reality that many Americans have been feeling in their wallets on a daily basis, on a personal level, so per individual, or what they call per capita. So when you hear per capita, in any type of a report, you're talking about individuals. The disposable income adjusted for inflation doesn't look so good, right? And really when you talk about income, you're, 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 you're talking about, okay, I got my paycheck, and how far does it go? In fact, real disposable income declined in September, and actually has been declining since May. So you take May, June, July, August, September. At first glance, as per the headlines, the data looked really good. matter of fact, when I came in in the morning, it really did. And this is kind of like I said, the, the media isn't really the media, right? You have what I call the debt media. Right, that's your CNBCs, your Bloombergs, your Foxes, and they're just cheerleaders for the billionaires. I'd say, You know what? We should probably call it Billionaire TV. U.S. consumer spending rose rebu- robustly in September, said the Wall Street Journal. Personal income, which includes wages and government assistance. You can guess which part of that was up and which part was it. Was up four tenths of a percent from August, which probably equates to like 38 cents. But the New York Times wrote U.S. consumer spending grows at the fastest pace since 2009. Savings drop. It pointed out the drop in the savings suggested that September's robust pace of spending is not. Sustainable, and like I said, mo- most of it probably had to do with because there was a big jump in cars, and I'm making a guess that these people in Houston were, were trying to buy an automobile. But none of those, quite honestly, were important because they're all they're all, they're seasonally adjusted. They're, they they make so many uh, little things in there for like you know the government assistance part and Obamacare and all of these things. The most important part of the number is the drop in disposable income. Consumer spending, because that's what grabbed the headlines, right, the best number since 9 rose 2.7% from a year ago. Just to put that in perspective, because they wanted to make you think it was the great, well, The best number since 2009, and what a great number. But if you actually go back to 2010 and you look at the personal consumer, well, I want to get it right, personal consumption expenditure is what they refer to it as. If you go back to the last 10 years, or 10 years, I'm sorry, the last 7 years, by the way, the number never goes down, just so you know. The lowest was plus plus one percent. And that was October of twenty twelve and again on April of twenty thirteen. The peak was four point two percent in January of twenty fifteen. Right? And really I've been telling you, we've been kind of on this decline. After, you know, twenty fourteen was a probably pretty decent year. Twenty fifteen a little worse. Twenty sixteen a little worse. We're into twenty seventeen. By the way, the peak was 4.2 so the 2.7 was kind of right in the middle consumer spending is what the media focused on and there's a reason number one it never goes down right number two remember what media they're talking about right they're talking about billionaire media Right, we've lost. They're not even reporters anymore. They they claim to be, but they're really not. They're glorified cheerleaders. The report's larger section of real disposable income. See, when you take out the fake stuff, you're only left with the real stuff. Right? And who wants to look at that, right? Everybody says it all the time double, it's just too much reality. I don't want that much reality. But you know what? I think about it. I watch a lot of reality TV all of a sudden. I don't know how it happened. Uh, because when it first came on, I hated it. But nonetheless, real disposable income only rose 1.2% or even less than what the Federal Reserve said their inflation number was. In other words, you got poor. So if you were a real person in america you had less disposable income this year compared to last year. now it was up 1.2 but inflation was 1.6 the fed's inflation by the way not what was real in realities. you know is probably four five six percent disposable income is based on wages receipts from assets such as interest in dividends, rents, farm income, government benefits such as Social Security, Medicare, VA benefits, you know, so all the benefit programs, and they said that uh, minus contributions for government social insurance and the like and minus personal taxes. So in other words, hey, forget this is after payroll taxes, after all that stuff. Would you take out all the things for your taxes and whatnot at the end of the week? How big is the check? And really, when you think about it, shouldn't that be the number that we really care about? Does it matter what any other number is? Because when it comes to spending, right? You, you're well, unlike the government. We all can't go out and continue to spend more than we make. So disposable income up one point two percent year over year. That's it. And so, if you you know to to put that into perspective, if you made five hundred dollars a week, okay, which you know a lot of people, unfortunately, that's all they make five hundred dollars a week make about twenty six thousand dollars if you just took one percent you're talking about uh, about five bucks a week okay so according to the actual government data minus all the BS okay get rid of it all forget about adjustments forget about anything that the Federal Reserve tries to say happen like, well, well, you probably had a garage sale, right? You sold stuff on eBay, right? I don't know what they count, and it really kind of makes me wonder what are they really reporting? Because if real wages only went up one point two percent, how could we have spent two point seven? But you can't. Right, because at the end of the year, I mean, if you start if that was the average, you'd be spending what fifteen percent more than what you made. So when you look at the consumer, they made an extra what Starbucks a week? Can you buy a Starbucks for five bucks? No, Arlene. I've been asking an Arlene here because she she does go to Starbucks. I don't, so I don't know. But she says no can't get a Starbucks for five bucks. It says the the consumer, when you leave disposable income, you actually had less. Real disposable income per capita, a function of income, taxes, inflation, population growth, and whatnot, peaked in May and has declined every month it declined in June it declined in July it declined in August it declined again in September in September it declined a tenth of a percent from August compared to a year ago and it's not huge but you can see it's slowly eating away by the way if you go back over the last two years and this kind of should tell you all you need to know real disposable income September 2015 to September 2017 isn't even up a percent it's not even up five bucks not right? yeah, 500 you know and you think about all the things and how much things are costing and you're like wait a minute how can anything they be saying be true how could we have 3% GDP if no one's making any more money? That's always been an interesting question. And now we kind of understand how. Right? It gets piled on and piled on and piled on, and they make all these adjustments, and they do all of these things. And now, I, I guess what's starting to happen is the savings rate is starting to reflect what the real reality is. Right, and The real reality is... is uh, more and more Americans are getting closer to the... Br- and, and it is what it is. That number actually fits. Right? If, if we have more credit card defaults, more people falling behind on student loans, more people not making their car payments, kind of stands to reason they don't have the money. Right? I mean, most people try to pay their bills. Facebook Radio News Hour. something to think about on a Halloween... We'll be back right after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Mrs. Schlafly was a courageous and articulate voice for traditional values and common sense for more than 70 years. Now, from the Phyllis Schlafly Center Studios, here's Ryan Height.
1: In the March 1993 Phyllis Schlafly Report, Phyllis demonstrated that the best way to cut through liberal talking points is often to simply define their terms. While no one would deny that children have certain rights, as do adults, the globalists only want to create rights that they can control. Children, whether born or unborn, are endowed by their creator with an alienable right to life. Yet the UN Convention on the Rights of the Child gave no definitive stance against this legalized infanticide. Why then should we sign a treaty giving a right to, quote, rest and leisure when the U.N. will not even protect a child's very right to exist? Where the treaty demanded that children had the right to view, quote, the media of the child's choice, Phyllis questioned why the international community felt it could require parents to let their children watch television. Where the treaty demanded that children had the right to, quote, rest and leisure, Phyllis questioned whether the international courts would side with a child who refused to do his homework or chores on the grounds that it interfered with his so-called right to rest and leisure. When applied to reality, these rights that children supposedly are entitled to don't seem quite so humanitarian as the globalists would have us think. Since America First is the antithesis of globalism, it seems only right that globalists would attack President Trump on this crucial pillar of his presidency. Thankfully, we can cut through the globalists' liberal talking points the same way today as they try to stop Trump's bold America First agenda. When they talk about doing our part in the, quote, global economy, they're really talking about making trade deals that favor other nations over America. When they talk about us being a, quote, global leader in handling climate change, they're actually talking about placing ridiculous regulations on American industry while leaving countries like China free to go back on their word and ignore those same climate treaties. Globalists don't stand a chance against proud, red-blooded Americans if we cut through the carefully chosen, politically calculated jargon and expose them for being the anti-American frauds they truly are.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. In 2016, the conservative movement lost one of our strongest leaders, but Mrs. Schlafly's work and her voice continue through this radio program, our work in Washington, and the influence you have in your own community. Be part of that legacy at phyllisschlafly.com. We encourage you to bookmark phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. You know, it's always, it's never the news that you need to hear, right? And you think about whether it was Las Vegas and the tragedy there or Harvey Weinstein, right? I, I don't know. I'm not shocked. Right? am I shocked by uh, all of these people you know and I think it, I do think it's kind of amusing you know the 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 Hollywood scene of the very and they're very liberal right and they like to try to tell us and tell everybody how we should live and all of these things and yet they're out there uh well anyway you you can hear about Harvey Weinstein somewhere else now we got Robert Mueller right in his his indictments and all of those things. And and then we've got the, uh, the government and the billionaire media misrepresenting what is really happening to Americans. You know, yesterday I said 90%, 90, only make 49% of the money. The other 10% <laughs> now make over half of all the money. But very quietly. And it's been, it is, it's very interesting. Nobody wants to talk about it. But something is amiss when it comes to the national debt. In the month of October, which is the very first month for fiscal year 2018. Now, I've already told you no matter what happens, Right? We are in the super cycle. Every year, 2019, 2020, 2021, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27. We, we take massive jumps in debt of obligation. Right? Medicare, social security, just those two programs alone are going to add a trillion dollars in spending over the next nine years. One trillion dollars between the two of them. (laughs) Right, so you think about, the government spent over four trillion dollars this last year. That means we're gonna be spending at least five trillion and we haven't even paid for anything else yet. We only brought in three trillion and we wanna bring in less next year, right? So kinda start doing some math. The astonishing thing about October is October is supposed to be a good month. Remember when I started the program. right? There's two good months for the Treasury, April and October. Right? April, because we know April, that's the traditional everyone goes to the post office, but October is for all the guys that file extensions. The tax extension deadline means that October is usually a good month for federal tax receipts. And just like we suspect, it has been. The taxpayer has written checks totaling $190 billion in October. So $190 billion for the month of October, which when you look at revenue, is most likely going to be the second highest month for fiscal 2018 Despite being flush with tax revenue the government still managed to pile up almost a quarter of a trillion dollars more than uh, than it took in So you think about it, they took in 190 billion <laughs> they spent almost 440 billion dollars in the month of October, the government, the most important economy in the world, without a doubt, is the U.S. government, right? Really, when you think about our economy now, the U.S. government is, what, 20 to 25% of all GDP in the country. And of course, we're bankrupt, we just haven't admitted it yet. You would think this would be front-page news in every major news outlet in the world. Yet I don't even know if it got reported. I know I, I got the Arizona Republic. It wasn't in there. I know if you turn on your local news, you won't hear about it. And and then, of course, we just did the story about real disposable income. No one talked about that either. It's shrugged off as par for the course, right? They want to pretend that it no longer matters, right? Remember Donald Trump, they wanted to get rid of the debt ceiling, right? Then they're probably going to have to because it's just too much work. Consider the following. The United States government spends nearly the entirety of its tax revenue on three programs. Social Security, Medicare, and interest on the debt. It used to be four. You used to be able to get Social Security, Medicare, defense, and interest on the debt, and and then everything else you had to borrow for. This last year, we didn't get that far. Because when you added in defense, we went into deficit, right? And the defense and the interest are; those two numbers are fairly close. I think the spent the defense spending was five hundred seventy-five billion, five seventy-six. I think interest on the debt was four hundred seventy-eight, if I'm right, something like that. So they're within a hundred billion dollars of each other. So we're already in the debt before we pay anything else. And you think about what would it take to fix it. Now, remember, how many years ago was it that all of these people ran on balancing the budget? They don't even talk about it. Now we talk about somehow by going further into debt, we're going to increase revenues, right? That's their new mantra. Over the past eight decades, since the end of World War II, Tax rates in the United States have been all over the board. Mostly down, but all over the board. And this is really important because we're going to kind of talk about uh, the Trump tax cuts here in this light. The highest marginal tax rate on individual income had been as high as 92% in 52 and 53 been as low as twenty eight percent, eighty eight to ninety. And okay, right now it's what thirty nine percent, I think, the highest one. Corporate tax rates were as high as fifty three, and and as low as thirty four. And now we want to go lower. Just keep this in mind. We're going to talk about taxes and what it does to the debt when we return. Now it's been argued by me, and, I, and I've said this now, I, I hate sounding liberal. If we truly want prosperity, if we truly want liberty and freedom, and, then, and I use the word truly for a reason. Because a lot of people, you know, when you talk about freedom and prosperity, liberty, right? They're all, oh, yeah, I want that. But then they also on the same foot say, well, I want free health care. I want free school. I want free this and that. And I want the government to, to uh, subsidize this and the other and all that. Then then you really don't. That That's not. That's not what it is. That's not what our what our founding fathers had intended. And quite honestly, the reason why is our founding fathers were very good at understanding history. and they tried to put safeguards in the Constitution to protect us against the the people that would like to infringe on this. And those people, and, and I, I'll say those people, but they're the same people that run the billionaire news stations and the same people that seemingly now decide that fake news is the real news. They're all the same. It doesn't matter if you raise taxes or cut taxes. It doesn't. It almost really has no effect. And people, oh come on! But I'm going to I'm going to share it with you. You're going to see. If we truly want this stuff, we need less government. Period. We need to take it all away. And, and I can tell you right now, yeah, that, that's not happening. And maybe I don't want to admit defeat, but this is what it is. Until we go bankrupt, it's not going to change. So we're going to say over the last 80 years, taxes have been everywhere. A marginal rate of 92%, the highest. A low of 28%. We're at 39 I mean, it's been up, it's been down. Corporate tax rate. Up, down, capital gain. Been as high as 35%. Been as low as 15%. Those are are, our taxes for our billionaire buddies. Yet through it all, if you go back and you chart the last 80-plus years, as a percentage of GDP... The amount that we collect in taxes is hardly budged. And now GDP's gone up, it's gone down, but as a percentage, it doesn't really change. Whether they cut taxes, whether they increase taxes, it doesn't change. We either need to make a conscious decision to shrink the government or go bankrupt and, and as you go bankrupt, what happens is more and more and more of us become dependent upon the government, and therefore it's kind of like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. And when you get to that point, those that hold the gold are going to do the best. And don't get me wrong. Whether you hold one dollars gold piece or a thousand of them, Still not going to be a lot of fun. Still not going to be a lot of fun. According to the government's own tax records, as a percentage of GDP, tax revenue invariably comes in at around 17% of GDP. GDP. And that's all U.S. uh, economic value is paid to the federal government in tax revenue. It doesn't matter how high or how low the rates are set. So even if you jack the rates back up, it's not going to help. The only realistic way for us to eventually come out of this is capitulation with another word for default. This should mean selectively defaulting from holders of U.S. debt, right? We could decide, well, you know what? We're not going to pay the Chinese or the Japanese. We're not going to pay the Federal Reserve or the Social Security Trust Fund, right? Well, I'm going to tell you right now. It's no accident that this is in the article talking about the trust fund. I brought it up. A couple weeks ago Some of you actually looked it up By the way, this is Sovereign Man case you want to know uh, Also on our website today Because listen, we want you to be educated I want you to know this stuff Social security Is a tax In the eyes of the law The Supreme Court Has already ruled I've already told you, we spent more in Social Security than we brought in last year. Now they have some fake interests, some fake securities that say, ah, not quite. That, That won't happen until next year, right? But it doesn't really matter. Ten years from today, there's going to be no money, real or fake. Every extra dollar we spend on Social Security is an extra dollar of debt. But why don't they care about not fixing it? Because they know legally we have no claim. They don't have to give us any money, much less 100% or 75% or 50% of whatever the benefit was supposed to be. Patriot Radio News, Hour final segment coming up. Final segment on this Tuesday eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. That is our toll free number. You, you know, and and Social Security is an easy one, right? Because it doesn't matter if it's twenty thirty two or twenty thirty one or twenty twenty seven. It's going to be insolvent. Medicare, same thing. Right? We're spending more than what we're taking in, and they're going to be insolvent. What do you think we're going to do? Now, here's the scary part. Because they tell us, at least on Social Security, that they'll only be able to pay 76% And and let's just say let's round it to seventy-five percent. Okay, if we we only could pay seventy-five, you know, percent of the benefits, you know, what does that number really mean for for us? And the and the answer really is pretty simple. When you put a pen to a paper. You're talking about a government that would have to, all of a sudden, overnight, start increasing the national debt, which by by this time is already going to be north of $40 trillion. Start going on a debt for that at that point will be well over $2 trillion a year, but add another trillion for Medicare and Social Security and and all of those things and 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 of course we know that that's not very logical right so either we're going to cut everybody's pay right by 25% which most of us can't even fathom that being a possibility Right? We're going to either have another massive Great Depression of epic proportions. We're going to have some form of cascading inflation because they operate and say, the heck with it, we'll just print the money. Right, Interest rates are going to go sky high, and, and they're just going to run the printing presses as fast as they can. Either way, it doesn't matter what scenario it is. There's not a rosy one. I wish there was. You know, I wish there was another side of the coin that says we could do it. You know, we did have that opportunity in the late 90s. We did. Of course, then we found out all of the great economic, you know, the great uh, tech bubble and all that stuff blew up and... And all of the budget deficit numbers turned out to be wrong. And next thing you know, instead of having the debt paid off, right, it's risen by almost $16 billion, $16 trillion, sorry. Are you going to prepare? And you think you're going to be able to prepare, what, a month ahead of time, a year ahead of time, five years ahead of time? You think that's enough? If you want to place an order, remember, if you want to sell, if you're thinking about selling, get it done. Give yourself the time. 800-951-0592. We'll be back tomorrow
1: on a hump day.